shout of praise in this place again. Come on. He is faithful. He is good. Amen. Amen. Woo. Man, that's so good. You guys may take your seats here in person. And wow. Let's give it, let's give it up for the worship team leading us in this morning. I love that song. I, I can, I don't know about you. I can relate with that song so much, man. I've, I've got it. And I have not got it. I have done it well and I have royally messed it up. Right. But man, he loves you right where you're at. Amen. And he loves you so good that he's going to take you to a new place. Amen. A better place. And so, man, so good to be in God's presence with all of you this morning, man. Welcome to Alive Family Church, whether you're visiting us here in person or you're tuning in online. It's so good to gather together as a church family this morning. And uh, man, God God is on the move here at Alive. I don't know if you know it. I don't know if you sense it. God is doing something special and fresh and new in our hearts. He is, his fire is being fanned into flame. We, we see God moving even throughout the week uh, in, our, in our grip basics classes and all of that. Every time we gather together, God's doing something special. And I just love that, that we serve a God who's alive, not dead. Amen. The tomb is still empty, amen? That means our God is big enough to get up out of the grave, and he's, out to, he's able to take us out of the grave situations, amen? And I just, I just love coming together and worshiping him. And, and I'll tell you what, there's no better time than now to get plugged into the local body, to the local church, amen? It's been a crazy whirlwind of a year. God, the enemy has separated us and scattered us and distanced us. And I'll tell you what, now is the time. Now is the time to plug in. Now is the time to put down roots. Now is the time to grow. Now is the time to strengthen. And you guys are joining us at a perfect season. Whether you've been uh, lifers with alive since we've kind of jo- uh, launched or maybe you're brand new and checking us out or you're just perfectly considering where does your church home need to be in this new season. Man, there's no better time to intersect what God's doing here at Alive. And uh, man, we're excited. There's a lot of cool stuff going on. Last Sunday was our first Sunday of our summer crew registration launch, and, and we were blown away by the participation. Man, there's a lot of you already signed up for a crew or multiple crews. Uh, for those of you guys, are, what is a crew? Crew is like our small group format here at Alive, and so that's how we, that's how we connect midweek. Uh, we think it's important, obviously, to gather on Sunday to get encouraged in God's house, but, man, you can go so much deeper when you get out of a row and into a circle and, and let down your guard a little bit and, and study God's word or just do something fun and life-giving that refreshes your soul or your body. And so we're excited about that. So if you did not get in on that and you have not signed up for a summer crew yet, you've got basically this weekend and next weekend. And so when you guys walked in here in person, uh, you saw underneath the overhang there a bunch of tables. Those are all our crews and, and all the names that are all the people have already signed up and whatnot. So you can see there's a crew for each stage and season that you might find yourself in. If you want to go to deep spiritually and like do a study, there's a crew for that. If you want to just get fit or be outside or be outdoors or just have fun and hang out or grill or just converse with people and get to know people, there is a crew for that. A family, if you're a young family and you just want to get together with other young families in the church, let the kids run around and do their thing while you have adult conversation, like there's a crew for all of that. And we believe heartfeltly that life is more fun with your crew. That God designed us to do relationship or do life through relationship. We're going to talk a lot more about that again today. But just want to encourage you: don't miss this. Get in on what God is doing. I believe there's a lot of life change and a lot of transformation uh, that's going to happen this summer in cruise. But in case you missed last week, we are like Pastor Erica said: we're in the we're at the end of a mini two week series, just a little two weeker uh, that we've titled "Crazy Friends." Everybody say "Crazy Friends." 
crazy friends, right? We're talking uh, about how like we all need some crazy friends in our life, crazy friends full of faith, crazy friends that will want what's best for us, right? We talked about this last week. We want people in our lives surrounding us that want what's best for us. We want friends in our life that care so much that they'll actually do something for us, right? And we want, the most important thing, we need friends around us that will bring us closer to Jesus. Can I get an amen on that? Come on. We need help in our spiritual walk. We're not designed to do it alone. And um, man, I'll, I'll tell you what, if you don't have anybody in your life that would flip that bill or check those boxes, man, cruise is a great opportunity to start just to kind of take a step of faith and say, I'm going to get in this community of people. I may not know anybody, but by the end of it, I know you'll know somebody. And there might even be a God-knit friendship there that you didn't even know you could have this year, this summer, that would propel you through all seasons of life. And the enemy knows, or not the enemy, the, the, the Lord knows what's ahead, and, and he knows who you need in that season of life to help propel you through. I'm, just, I'm a firm believer of divine connections and relationships, and it doesn't just happen by coincidence that you're here and you're hearing about all this. So we're really excited about that. But as we continue this morning to lean into this whole friendship, relationship, kind of community vein, uh, I, I believe God wants to continue to stir us up and encourage us about the importance of friendship and relationship, and more importantly, what he can do through that. Like, like seriously, we must never underestimate the power of some crazy faith-filled friends in our life. Seriously, I think we often under, underestimate or undermine just the relationships we have in our life, or we take them for granted sometimes, right? And I'm excited to dive in with you guys this morning to kind of unpack this a little bit more. And if you love taking notes or you need a message title or you're, you're kind of that kind of person, today is real simple. It's crazy friends change the world. Crazy friends change the world. That make a lot more sense in a few moments after we've dived into God's word. Let's, let's open up with a word of prayer just to open up our hearts and our minds to God's word this morning, and then we'll jump in. Father, we love you so much. Man, we thank you for your presence here today. And Lord, as we open up your word and look to your word and your example and through your son, Jesus, we just pray that we'd come alive on the inside, Lord, that you would lead us and guide us and where we should go. Lord, challenge us and stir us up and encourage us in the faith steps that you have for us when it comes to community and relationships and friendships, Lord, and bring revelation, knowledge, light, and understanding to our spirits this morning, Lord. We love you. We thank you that we're better than how you found us today, but even how you found us, you love us, and we're so grateful and thankful for that, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Everybody agreed, said, amen. Awesome. Well, hey, show of hands here, whether in person or you want to show a hand emoji online as well. How many of you guys would be honest and say, I've got some crazy friends? Like, like just let me, let me see a show of hands. Yeah, you've got some crazy friends. Some of you guys were like raising a foot or whatnot. It's like, like, hey, we get that. Now, some of you might be raising your hand because you're like, oh, no, I remember last week. I've got some crazy friends full of faith, like people around me that, that believe like I do, that can push me in the right direction. That's awesome. But some of you are like, no, I, Pastor, I didn't, I didn't raise my hand for that. I raised my hand because I literally have some crazy friends, like, like the crazy, man, like the crazy people, right? And I think we can all laugh about that, but also there's like an element of truth to all of that. We all have those different seasons in our life where maybe we have that friend or friend group that was just a little crazy, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, uh, you know, sometimes they're good influences, sometimes they're not so good influences, but I think we can all relate that, man, the people we have friendships with, the people that we surround ourselves with 
really do have an, a strong influence on our life. Whether we, whether we like that or not, that's kind of how it works, right? And as we've been uh, kind of diving into the word along friendships and relationships, the Lord's kind of been ministering to me and I've been kind of going back down memory lane myself like, okay, what, what kind of friend groups have I had in different seasons of my life? And I've been kind of reminiscing and just realizing the, the power of relationships, good, bad, or indifferent, right? And uh, the ones that I was brought to my mind this week, it, it, was, it was going way back. It was, my, it was back in my childhood, uh, when I was from age 6 to 18, uh, my family lived in the same subdivision here in Brighton. So, and all the other kids our age, they all moved there and built the houses at the same time. Uh, so we, we all rolled from like age 6 to 18, all right? So like, like these are some strong neighborhood bonds, all right? And, and, and I'll tell you what, man, uh, I, I've, been, I've been marked still by these. Some of, the, some, some of my fondest memories are random things, crazy things that I did with this group of kids. Now, this is back in the early 90s, all right? This is back before iPhones. This is back before the internet really took off. This is back when you, when you like, knocked on somebody's door and you said, can you come out and play? Like, if you did that today, people are like, you're creepy, like, no soliciting, get away. Like, like what happened? Like, like, come out outside and be a kid and play, all right? Like literally, like the trust and faith that the world is a different place. Now, we do live in a different world. I get that. But like my family would be like, bye, come back in eight hours. And like we would come back alive somehow. Like, and we would go do random crazy stuff, right? Stuff that was dangerous, harmful, like could get us trouble with the law, like, like all sorts of stuff. Yet we always made it back somehow. And it was like, wow. And so I've been reminiscing on this. Uh, we grew up in uh, off Old 23, the subdivision Shenandoah. Some of you guys might be familiar with that area. So shout out to the Shenandoah crew if any of those old guys our old friends are watching this ever, man. That was those are some good times. But uh, I, I was remember remembering. There's so many crazy memories. But one of one of the ones that kind of makes me like my head tilt a little bit is we did this thing called bike tag. All right. So so we got bored of playing tag in one area or one yard. So we're like let's let's up the level of tag like on a whole nother level. So we added bikes in and we said the whole subdivision is free game. All right. So the rule was you either got off your bike and literally tagged the person to then you're not it and somebody else's, or for safety's sake, you didn't ram your bike into them, but you had to get within three feet, tire to tire, uh, and catch up to that person, and then that person would be it. And anywhere was free game, and you could do anything. So imagine like us, about 15 kids, about six, seven, eight, ten, on bikes going crazy in the subdivision. Like, we would drop our bikes in random people's yards. We would climb their trees. We'd hide on their decks. We're, like, on people's roofs. Like, like anything to not be it, right? And we're doing, like, we're, we're trespassing. We're doing all sorts of crazy stuff because we're having fun. It's the summer, and that's what kids do on summer break, right? And I'm, like, think about that today. I'm, like, that wouldn't fly today. Like, like we, would, we would get in some major trouble, right? But it, it was crazy. Like, it was just a crazy good time. And then, and then um, uh, we were big into fishing, um, and, and so we would do anything to go ca catch a good fish, all right? Um, I remember today, um, uh, we used to go over to what we called the church pond back in then, all right? So uh, there, there's actually, uh, St. Mary Magdalene has a really nice pond in front of it, and then you guys know, it was private property, but we would kind of go over there to kind of spy it out and just make sure it's good, that it honors the Lord, you know? Um, so uh, we'd go over there with our fishing poles. They stocked that thing with huge bass, and so we're like, we're like slaying bass. Then people would come out, and we're like, oh, we gotta go, right? And we'd just kind of run off and like, what are you doing here? Nothing, nothing to see here, right? And so we'd go. Then uh, we grew up by School Lake, um, and we'd always catch fish off the shore because we could get to the shore from our subdivision. But, you know, the good fish are out deep, right? Like, you need to get out to the deep spot. And so we would do anything to get out there. And one time, uh, one of our crazy friends had the idea to take our friend's uh, paddle boat out to the middle of the lake while he and his family were on vacation without their permission. 
Okay, so ever say, uh-oh, yeah, you know this isn't going to end good, right? Um, and, and so we do, we go out there, and we fish off the paddle boat, we catch a bunch of fish, we come back, we're like, yes, like we jipped the system. This is before like, you know, um, ring nest cameras and all that. Like no one knows what's going on on their property when they're gone. You just, you just hope it works out well, right? Everyone's got like a device now, like, oh, somebody's in our backyard, you know? Um, and, and so we come back, we're like, yes, cool. So we go eat dinner. Then we come back at night. We're feeling real edgy. Like, let's go out again, a little sunset catch, you know, maybe the fish are biting even more. So we get out there, we get out halfway there, we're out in the middle of the lake, and we see our friend's dad, who's supposed to be on vacation, walking down in the backyard, and he yells, bring it in, guys. And if you ever felt, you know, when a policeman pulls you over or something like that, where your heart just kind (laughs) of up in your throat, and you're like, what are we going to do? I think my friend actually caught a fish on the way back in while the guy was watching. I'm like, dude, like, we're in trouble. Like, quit fishing. He's like, this is a good spot. Like, and, and, and if you want even more funny details of the story, those of you guys that know my dad, Gary Giso, ask him because he's got a funny side of the story that uh, I'm not going to share publicly. Uh, but if you want to know, you just got to ask him about it, and, and it'll probably embarrass the heck out of him. But um, so that was like childhood. Again, a lot of you guys had different childhood memories. Those were some of the ones I'm like, man, we were kind of crazy, but it, it all worked out good. We, we all turned out all right. Then we get into college, and you know, I, many of you guys know my testimony. I, I went to college not believing in the Lord, so that's a, just a really hard place when you don't have a relationship with the Lord. And so uh, some of the first people I met on campus as a young 18-year-old uh, were people 21 and over that liked to buy me adult beverages. And it was not a good influence in my life, and it didn't really start that season off in my life in a very good way. Uh, but then uh, fast forward, I got saving between my freshman and sophomore year of college, and uh, began to follow the Lord and put him first in my life. And I got some really cool, crazy faith friends around me, right? And, and we would do really fun stuff. We, we actually took a couple mission trips with our college group uh, where we actually got to see God move in miraculous, supernatural ways in other countries in our college season. I'm like, man, God, God was so merciful to show us this in this season. And, and then I just remember on, on campus, like, like, they would have what they call late night meal or like fourth meal for us. Taco Bell coins at fourth meal, you know, like, like you already ate dinner at five or six, but you're starving about 10, 1030 as a college student. So we would cram like eight people into my then Toyota Corolla. All right. So just picture this and I'm huge as it is like, we like big dudes, like eight people into my Corolla to like drive down to the cafeteria at like 11 o'clock at night for a chicken patty sandwich. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like crazy stuff. Um, and then I fast forward again into ministry after Eric and I got married and we're in ministry and staff, I, I'm still remembered, I, I, I saw this friend from uh, staff on the previous church that we're at a couple weeks and weekends ago at a wedding. We were reminiscing and laughing about this. We were in Chicago on like a day trip with our staff and uh, we were kind of challenging each other. We we're pretty competitive. And he's like, hey, why don't we get in shape? Like, like let's train for like a half marathon. Would that be good? And we're, we're talking about this. There was this lady like in her mid-50s who looked really fit and she kind of overheard us. She walked by and she's like, you guys are a bunch of wimps. Like, you should do a full marathon. And we like jaw drop. We're like, wow, her boldness, her audacity. And, and from that moment forward, he was crazy enough to be like, I think we should too. And I was crazy enough to be like, why don't we do this? And so for 16 weeks, we did the whole full marathon training. Back in 2016, we did the Grand Rapids full marathon. It was one of those life-changing experiences. But, but crazy friends have an influence on you. I share all this, one, uh, just to have fun this morning. But two, to realize, man, you can probably think of different marked seasons of your life the people in your life, some of the memories and experiences, they mark you, good, bad, or indifferent, right? And I'm sure you all have your stories, but friends have a way of leaving an impact on our lives. And they really do dictate how we think and what we value and all of that. But the cool thing is, the more I study and get to know God and his word, the more I see this even in scripture too, that God has some amazing plans for us and for the world that he wants to accomplish. And he does it often through the context of relationships. Amen? 
like he does it with other people. God could have saved the world with a wave of a wand or whatever, or clap on, they're saved, clap off, they're not saved, right? Like God could do whatever he wants to do, right? But he chose to have relationship. Even he came down in an earth suit through Jesus and, and walked among us and had friends and did all the relational uh, you know, things in life to model really how to do this right and, and how to do it in a healthy way. And God has never really been into like solo acts, you know, like, like I'll do it myself or uh, Lone Rangers or I'm an island unto myself, right? From the very beginning, there has always been others there. Even in the very beginning, there was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three in one, the Trinity, at the creation, there wasn't just one, yes, it's one God, and, but it was three personalities, three persons of the Godhead were there helping create and speak the earth that we know into existence. From the very beginning, that should be a light bulb moment. Man, God wants people around us. God wants to do things together. God uses other people to, to help move his plan forward in our lives. And as I was praying this week about, like, Lord, where do you want us to go with this whole crazy friends thing this week? Because there's so many different stories in the Bible, and there's so many different things. He, he actually wanted to bring it more simple just for us to get this concept of how important it is to do life and ministry together. And he said, go look at Jesus's example. Oftentimes, that's a great response when you're studying scripture. Like, what did Jesus do, right? Like, how did he do it? He came to model it, right? I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, look at Jesus. Like, look at how he chose to change the world, and look how he did it through other people. And I'm like, all right, cool. So we're, we're going to go with this today, and we're going to discover that Jesus had some crazy friends too, all right? And Jesus changed the world and is still changing the world through these crazy friends. And, and you and I are part of this plan, as we'll see in a moment here. And I believe it'd be, do us really well to look at this. And so the first part that I think a lot of us would be agree that we're familiar with is Jesus had 12 crazy friends, amen? He had the 12 or his disciples, all right? A lot of us are familiar with that, or the apostles, right? When Jesus walked this earth, he called 12 to follow him and be his closest followers and did a lot of life and ministry with these guys for three and a half years. We see this in Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 16. It said, now it came to pass in those days that he went to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself and from them he chose 12, whom he also named apostles. Then he starts listing who they are. Simon, whom he also named Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, called the Zealot, Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who also became a traitor. So there's a lot there. Uh, side note, it said that Jesus prayed all night. And if you study out scripture, if you do a study on prayer, there's not, we get, you know, Jesus got away often and prayed and all that. This is in the gospels, the longest period of recorded prayer that we see of Jesus, the longest period. And it was the night before he chose his 12 crazy friends. And I'm like, man, there's revelation in that. There's a whole nother message in that. But man, sometimes we just flippantly add people to our life without asking the Lord, is this good? Is this not? Man, Jesus prayed all night. It was that important to him. It was that serious to him to make the right decision of who he was going to associate with, of who he was going to do life and ministry with, simply because, man, he knows the power of relationships and those would steer even God's will through him if he didn't have the right people. Now, he chose people that he also wanted to mark and put his mark on too. There's two ways, two roads street there, obviously, two ways. But seriously, man, we could do well to heed some of this, right? Like, when's the last time we prayed about our friend circle? 
When's the last time we asked the Lord, am I associating with the right people in this season to get the right results that I know the Lord desires in my heart? Are the people around me going to push me forward to fulfill God's plan and purpose in my life? Are they going to take me and pull me further back? That's, that's an important question for us to wrestle with. But we see Jesus chooses these 12 disciples, these 12 friends, right? We got, we got Simon Peter. We got Andrew, who's Peter's brother. We got the two sons of Zebedee, as it's called, James and John. We'll talk more about them. Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, the tax collector. Thomas, the famous doubter in the Bible, right? James, the son of Elvius, Simon the Zealot, Judas, the son of James, and then Judas Iscariot. So there's actually two Judases. Make sure you're the right Judas, amen? <laughs> That's another message another day, right? Judas Iscariot actually goes on and betrays Jesus, right? And get, guys, this, was set, should set, sorry, this should set you free, and it's this. These weren't perfect friends. None of these individuals that Jesus chose to associate with were perfect and here, this will set you free. Your friend group, none of, none of your friends will be perfect. You'll have lifers that even, you go through highs and lows through, friends will stab you in the front, they'll stab you in the back, they'll betray you, they'll say things under their breath, all of that stuff. Jesus is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Jesus ain't going nowhere, amen? But there is such power in knowing that there are the right friends for your life, and there are the right friends for the right season. I love it. This I put it this way. God has the right friends for you in the right season, and Jesus prayed and knew that these guys, no matter how jacked up their past was and how rough around the edges they might have been, these were the right friends, not only for Jesus to surround himself with, but for them to be surrounded by, amen, because he knew all their personalities, and he formed them and knit them together, and he knew how it all come together in the master plan of sharing God's love to the world. This was a big deal, and so he picked some crazy friends, Let's just be real for a second. Like, this wasn't like some perfect church choir, church boy type friend group. This was like a little rough around the edges, kind of a motley crew, right? You've got some fishermen. If you've ever been fishing before with some dudes, it can get a little rough and raw out there on the boat. You know what I'm saying? you got some fishermen, right? He's got the sons of thunder is what their nicknames were. James and John, we'll mention them in a second. He's got a tax collector, which was like a hated and despised low position in authority. People didn't like the tax collectors, right? You've got a habitual doubter on his team. You've got a betrayer. Some of these dudes, they did some pretty crazy stuff, right? A lot of us, we always point our fingers at Peter because he gets a lot of press, right, of his highs and his lows. But Peter cuts off a dude's ear when they come to arrest Jesus, which is part of God's plan, by the way. He slices a dude's ear off, right? Then he also says, hey, Jesus, before that, I, I'll, never, I'll never disown you. Like, I'll, I'll go to the death for you. And then he did not, like, within a 48-hour period, he denies Peter, or knowing Jesus three times. A <laughs> little bit of flaw there, right? We all can feel like we relate to that, right? We say one thing, do another. Then you got James and John, like I said, the sons of thunder. There's a part in the gospel where the religious leaders are really making Jesus and his disciples mad. And he asks, hey, Lord, they ask, they, they, they ask Jesus, should we pray that fire would come down from heaven and burn all these dudes up? <laughs> Sons of thunder, like, can, can we just wipe these guys out? They're like, they got a little attitude, right? And so these guys are a little rough around the edges. They're the same two where their mom goes to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, could like my boy sit on your right and your left in heaven? Could they have the really seats of honor in heaven? He's like, ma'am, woman, you don't know what are you asking me. Like, that's not mine to give, all right? And so then you got Judas. Like, God bless him. He follows Jesus and serves in Jesus' ministry for three and a half years, but in the end, sells him out for 30 pieces of silver, a bag of, a bag of money. Wow. Everyone say crazy friends. Crazy friends, right? Like, when you look at this, is Jesus, this is Messiah. Yet, 
This is the friend circle that Jesus picked to change the world. <laughs> right? Like, that, that, should, that should mess with us in a good way. That should make us ponder in our hearts, like, man, who are we associating with and why are we associating with them? And, and just check our heart motives on relationships. But, um, and we see that they got results. They literally did change the world. We see two passages of Scripture here. One is in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. It says, Jesus called his 12 disciples him and gave them, what, authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. And these guys went out and did that work in that ministry. Mark chapter 6, verses 12 and 13. So when they went out and preached that the people should repent, and they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. So these guys were commissioned by Jesus. They were a motley crew, but they were used mightily of the Lord to prevail and push God's plan and his purposes out there to literally change the world, right? And they did all of this in close community with each other. I think there's some power and some revelation in this concept that, man, we're not supposed to do life alone. We're never meant to try to do it all in our own strength. And God's got some people he might want to surround you in this season to really pull out the gold inside of you, to, to encourage you, right? To, to, I, just, I, I see this happen so many times, especially in church circles. Like, I think oftentimes we'll disqualify ourselves from even trying out church community, right? Like, like oh, you don't know. Like, you don't know what I've done. I'm not perfect, right? You don't know my background. Guys, either were the 12 disciples, Right, but we disqualify ourselves or shoot ourselves in the foot before we even start, right? Don't disqualify yourself from life-changing community before you give it a try. I feel like God's saying that he's giving this challenge to us in this season, right? If you're still breathing, if your heart's still pumping, you've got a plan and a purpose on your life, amen? And we can try to strive all we want in our own strength to do that, but man, God makes it easier when we, when we choose to do life together with others who can sharpen us, who can challenge us, who can exhort us, who can pray for us, who can stick with us in the highest of highs and be there in the lowest of lows to see us through that season, man. When God can get us out of a row and into a circle and, and go deeper than, hi, how you doing? Weather's great. Yeah, see you later next week. And go deeper than that surface level, that's where real life change can happen. That's where real heart transformation happens. That's where real discipleship is what we call it in the church circles happens. And I believe we have yet to scratch the surface of the potential of what crews, our, our format of this, can do in and through our church and, and in and through our lives personally. The spiritual and emotional health that you would experience through this personally, but also corporately as well. And I think the enemy's done a real good job just keeping this on the wraps or making this not a priority in our life. And obviously with the last year, the crazy year, talk about crazy friends, crazy year, right? Where a lot of our friendships and relationships were separated or distanced or quarantined and, and it, it's been rough and people are dealing with mental health and anxiety and depression like on, on record highs. It's like, man, we need each other. We need to get together. We need community. God designed it this way, right? So don't give up and disqualify what God can or can't do in a community before you've tried it. Amen? Like don't realize that, man, your past doesn't determine your future. Amen? What these guys did before they were followers of Jesus did not disqualify them from being followers of Jesus, amen? That's good news for all of us, and I believe God can work through that as we uh, have confidence and move forward, right? We were even singing about it this morning, right? That last song, God, you love me as you find me, but man, he's too good, that love's too good to keep us there, 
And you might find yourself in a rough season, like, I'm going to sign up for a crew because I'm barely hanging on. But you might leave that crew in a completely different stratosphere of faith and relationship. Amen? Because God's love and the love of God that's been shed abroad in the people in your crew, their believers, can be poured out on you. Man, it can change the destiny of your life and the course of your life when we choose to trust him with this, right? And so, so obviously we saw the 12. We're familiar with that. Real quickly, uh, just for time's sake, I'm going to breeze through the other two categories here. But we do see Jesus demonstrate proper relationship context in the midst of a bigger crowd and, and even a smaller crowd. The next crowd I want to talk about real quick is the three. Everybody say the three. Jesus had an inner circle. Some people don't realize this. Out of the 12 disciples, three got a little bit more exclusive time with him. Peter, James, and John. And we see throughout the Gospels that some of these guys were there at some of his highest of highs and lowest of lows, right? For time's sake, we won't go there for Scripture, but we see this in three different places in, in the New Testament. Uh, in Mark chapter 9, at Jesus' transfiguration, Peter, James, and John are there, but the other nine are not. Uh, when Jesus raises Jairus' daughter from the dead, Peter, James, and John witness this, but the other nine disciples are not there. Uh, and then Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane right before he's about to go to the cross. One of the lowest parts where he's like, Lord, if this could pass for me, please. Peter, James, and John were there with him. Now, you all know they kind of took a nap, too. They weren't supposed to be doing that. They are supposed to be praying, but they were there. Now, I'm very like, why did Jesus choose to do this? Well, he, he, did he, was it because he was doing some leadership training? Most likely, right? A lot of these three uh, were big pillars in the early church and had a call in their life in different ministries to, to get this thing up started when Jesus left. But uh, more importantly, he was sharing life with them. He was doing ministry with them. And it, it, it sets us free from having to have this pressure on us to be best friends with everybody. Amen? How many of you know you can't be best friends with everybody? That's tough. Like, like we, can't, we can have a lot of relationships and acquaintances, but we can only have a few tight-knit ones. Right? And those are really, really important. Maybe that will set you free from every church circle and every small group ever. I'm trying to be friends with everybody. It's like you're going you're gonna to vibe with somebody you're not going to vibe with somebody. You're going to click with somebody you're going to not click with somebody. You're going to like somebody's attitude. You're not going to like somebody. So, so don't try to force it. Let God's grace and his divine connection flow and meet and just tr know that God's got friends for you. He's got some crazy friends for you. And invest in the ones that he leads you to. Amen? But there's some people there that are going to be there in the high, highs and the lows. Right? And and I love it. These three fishermen, so to speak, because Peter, James, and John, they were all fishermen by trade. They literally walked out the prophecy that Jesus spoke over them when he first called them. He said, hey, you used to fish for fish, but I'm going to make you fishers of men. And they actually became that. But they did that in the context of tight-knit community, right? Obviously, intimacy with Jesus but also did life with the other nine and the 12, right? And so we see that as well. And so maybe, maybe that's for you. Maybe you're like, hey, I've been trying to just collect friends everywhere, but like, do I have a couple heartfelt, felt knit friends that I can really go to and let my guard down? If not, man, know that God desires that for you. Jesus himself modeled that and had that for himself. So why would we think we're higher and better than him and think we can do it on our own, amen? That challenges me in a good way. So Jesus had his 12, Jesus had his three, and, and real quickly, Jesus had the 70. Everybody say 70. He had 70 others that we see in the Bible here in Luke chapter 10, verse 1, and then verse 9. It says, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. And in verse 9, it says, what did they do? And heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. So Jesus also associated with this larger group, this 70 or so. 
that were probably more of acquaintances, more than personal, really deep, heartfelt friends, but it was important to interact with that group as well. When When I think about that, I put that in the context of our church family. It's like, man, that's the service you attend. That's maybe the live team serve team that you serve on. Uh, that's being a part of crews and whatnot. You've got some more people that you rub shoulders with on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis, and you do life and ministry with them. That's important to have that kind of community in your life. That's why, man, uh, uh, tuning in online is fantastic. Praise God for, for, for technology and the gift to be able to do that when you can't be here. But if you're able to, if you're healthy enough, if you're safe enough, if you're able to physically get to a church service, there is so much power in physical touch and, and, and just proximity. Jesus, like I said, God could have saved the world any way he wanted it, but he did not Zoom call in. He, he didn't phone it in and text it in. He came in the flesh to have relationships and get on our level and model how to do this thing relationally. And we would do well to heed that example that, man, we're not... We're not immune to that as well. We are not above that. And I love also the detail in the 70. Notice what he said. How did he send them out? Two by two, not one Lone Ranger. Two, there was, it, there's important, you gotta have somebody else there. Come on now. You gotta have somebody else in your corner that could be like, you know what? You didn't pray right or you missed it or hey, you got this or you do this or whatever, giving you that extra push. It's so important to have others in our life. God, I, I, like, I, like I said, God's plan to change the world came through crazy friends and it hasn't changed yet. He calls you and I friends, amen? And one of the coolest things I love is not only, yeah, crazy friends change the world, guess what? Crazy friends can change your world. That's something to chew on. There is life change in the context of community when you get out of your comfort zone and step into a circle like that, into a crew, and let God minister through other people and lift you up out of that ash heap, put you up in a higher place to help help rebuke the enemy and stand in faith in your life so that you can soar with God and the plan that he has for your life. There's power in that. And like I mentioned earlier, I believe we have yet to see the untapped potential of what crews and small group ministry can do here at Alive. We're not just wanting to be a church that has small groups. We want to be a church made up of small groups because I think that's what we see the biblical model here. That it wasn't like an add-on if you have time. It's like, no, it's part of necessity. I talked about last week. We don't think twice, even in the midst of a pandemic, to go get groceries on a weekly basis. Why? Because we need to eat food to live. If so many of us have been challenged, well, do I go to church? And do I do this? And all these other life-giving things, like all of a sudden got sucked out. I was like, man, that's essential. You need to eat food. I believe you need community and you need spiritual growth. That is absolutely essential in your life. And so we prioritize the things that we value. And so, man, let's make community. Let's make community a, a, a big big value in our lives because God is about to do something fresh and new. I shared this uh, at the end of first service. I want to do it too because the reputation of some of these crazy friends as they continue to pass it along from generation to generation, and especially the early church when they started this. I love the book of Acts. It gives them this reputation. I mean, like, what, how cool would it be if our reputation was uh, remotely close to this? In Acts chapter 17, verse six, it says, but when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city crying out, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Jesus' disciples, his followers, had the reputation of these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. My goodness, the power of doing life and ministry together, we can literally turn the world upside down for Jesus, amen? And I, I mentioned to say, I feel like our world's a little upside down as it is right now. 
So when we share the love of Jesus, when we do life in community, when we are the hands and feet of Jesus, we can actually turn the world right side up. Pretty cool, right? But it happens through the context of relationship and community. Don't undervalue or underappreciate that friend or friend circle that you have that encourages you. Don't blow off that group text that you have going that, that, that man, contribute to that. Don't, don't, when the Lord leads you to reach out to a friend that you haven't talked to in years, be obedient to that Holy Spirit prompt. For those of you that are like, man, I'm looking for community like this. I don't even know where to find it. Before you leave and hit that car in the parking lot or even online, sign up for a crew and just step out in faith. Say, you know what? I'm going to give you a shot, Lord, to move in this way. This has been an area of my life that's been missing for a while. It's time to come back and get in this because, man, God can change the world through some crazy friends and flip that. God can change your world through some crazy friends. One can put a thousand to flight, the Bible says. Two can put 10,000 to flight. Come on, what did Jesus do with 12? What did Jesus do with three? What did Jesus do with 70? Come on, what could Jesus continue to do in our community, in our backyard, as we faithfully follow his model and example and get into heartfelt connection and relationships and then in turn change the world that's right outside those doors, amen? I think our, our season is before us. You know, they always call all oh, the summer slump. It's summer, good luck. Not here at Alive, we're not doing that, amen? Obviously we all got different vacations to plan and all that, but man, when you're here, be here. And know this, the crew is super important midweek. Make that a priority in your schedule because man, we're ramping up for what God wants to do in us and through us, amen? We're not shrinking back. It's not time to take a vacation for God for three months. I'll see you in the fall. Man, let's, let's move forward and grow each and every week this summer and know that we'll do that in the context of community, amen? Amen, let's pray and ask God for the boldness to be obedient to where he's leading us. Father, we love you so much. And we just thank you for the gift of relationship, the gift of friendship, the gift of community that we've all felt and suffered from from this last year of being separated for so much of that. Lord, it's important you modeled it. And Father God, if you modeled it, then, then we must walk it out in our lives, Lord. It's, it's how you designed us to function and operate in life and ministry. And so Lord, I pray, I just pray right now for a group of people that just need courage, courage to step out of the fear or, or the, the comfort zone to maybe sign up for a crew or just make attending church regularly more, more part of their routine, Lord, or just letting other people in. Maybe they've been so walled up and so hurt from the past that they just don't let anybody else in, Lord. I just I see you doing a fresh thing. I, I, you are a God of restoration and you're restoring. You're restoring hearts this morning, Father God. Lord, we pray for the courage to follow you obediently, Lord, as you, you challenge us to step out and and operate in faith today, whatever that is, whatever the Holy Spirit's putting on our heart and quickening to our hearts. Lord, I just pray that we'd have the courage to choose that. And Lord, more importantly, I pray for the impact, both personally and kingdom impact, that relationships and these friendships that are about to form and continue to develop over the summer and beyond would have in our own backyard, in our own state, in our own world. Jesus, you changed the world with four or with crazy friends, Lord, and you want to change our world still, and it happens through crazy friends of faith. And so, Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we ask you, Lord, to bring the right people in, show us which ones don't belong, and let us gracefully navigate those friendship transitions so that we can ultimately fulfill your plan and your purpose for us personally and corporately for Alive Family Church. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Everybody greet said. Amen. So be it. So be it.
Hey, I never like to end a, a service without an invitation for any of you, maybe here in person or even tuning in online that you never have gotten in on that best friendship, the first one. There's a lot of great friends in the natural that God will give you in your life. They're awesome. Like I said, man fails man. Like it happens all the time. The Bible says that God never fails and he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And even when humans are not there for you, God will be there for you. That's why the Bible says Jesus is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. And if we don't have that relationship right in our life, like heart, none of this will ever add any true value to our life of eternal significance. And so, man, don't miss being on the right side of that decision to put Jesus first place in your heart, whether it's for the first time or maybe you did that a long time ago, but you haven't been walking with the Lord for years and it's time to recommit your heart to the Lord and let him back in again in that intimate space. You know that God desperately wants to do that. And he's, he's a gentleman. He never forces himself on you, but he's just... It's an open invitation type deal. You invite him in, he will come in and he will begin to do a work in your heart. So if, out of reverence of this moment and, and people's maybe decisions, could you just bow your heads and close your eyes with me just for a moment and reverence this online as well because I believe there's some of you that may be listening. This is for you too. If you're here this morning and I'm about to pray a simple prayer that I wanted to have everybody to pray with me and I'm not gonna embarrass anybody. I'm not gonna call them up or call them out. I just wanna know, man, is there anybody here or online that I, I could pray for and that you're like, please include me in this prayer. I, I need Jesus. I, I don't have it all figured out, but I know one thing, I need this relationship and, or I wanna make him first place in my life again. If that's you, every head bowed, every eye closed, would you just slip up your hand so I know who I'm praying with today? Thank you, I see that. Is there anybody else to say, you know what? Yep, I see it, thank you, you can put them down. Praise God. And see, I love, I love the God that we sang to today. I love the God that we worship today. I love the God that we saw in the word today. He, he loves you as he finds you, Whew. right where you're at right now. You don't have to clean anything up right now. You have to just know that you're gonna make this right decision. By doing that, God will take over the rest and he'll lead you and guide you. And so the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That simple, you can have assurance of eternity in heaven. Today, as you walk out of this place or to log off this stream, simply by praying a heartfelt prayer to receive Jesus, in your life, to repent of your sins, to turn and go the other way and watch what God can do in your life. Would you guys all pray this and repeat this after me in faith? Say, Heavenly Father, I receive your son, Jesus Christ, into my life. Jesus, be my Lord and be my savior and help me live a life pleasing to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. So be it, God bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.